YMCA of Central Ohio presents the What Matters Show with Mindy and Michaela. Real talk about real life and what's important to you and your family. Brought to you by Beecher Crossing Dental. Here's Mindy Trayer and Michaela Hunt with What Matters. Okay, so this next segment, you need to for sure get on Facebook because you have to see our four guests. I was going to say two, but I can't say two because there's four guests in studio, there's Michaela. Four, but two of them have four legs. Right. The other two don't. And they are two of the cutest dogs I have ever seen. They're teeny right now. So the Facebook page that we're on is Mindy Dreyer's personality page. And then, Michaela, are you going to share it to 610's page? So I am. I'm going to go on there right now and do that. Since our lovely intern, I'm going to call her an intern now because she's helped us a couple of times. And we're going to try to keep her. Yeah, we're going to keep her around. So in studio right now is Lindsay Oliver and Nicole Cox with two of the most adorable dogs that you guys have ever seen. And if you're on Facebook now looking at it, I think you would agree. Absolutely. So I'm Lindsay Oliver, and I'm with Speak for the Unspoken. I'm one of uh, the volunteers. I foster, and I'm with Kingsley. Now, Kingsley is, I might be biased, but I think the world's cutest puppy, although he's got some stiff competition next to me. <laughs> what is Kingsley? He looks like he, a little cocker spaniel. He is a Cavalier King Charles spaniel. Oh, those are such sweet dogs. He's an amazing dog, an amazing puppy. He's really very excited to be here right now, so he's going to be a little squirmy worm for me, but but um, he's a fantastic dog. Okay, so why are we featuring him? And we're going to get to Nicole, to your dog that you're holding to in a minute, but why are we featuring him? Because both dogs actually have this very severe heart murmur. Um, He, that's how he came to us. Actually, it was just um, a woman who bred her dog at home um, and gave him up uh, to a family member and they took him to the vet and that's when they realized he had this very severe heart problem that was going to need a pretty expensive surgery. When I say pretty expensive, I mean really expensive surgery. Most other rescues, most other people would not be able to help him or afford it. Most breeders were lucky that um, he was brought to us, would just have him put down and not always humanely. Mm. Um, And that's the same case for Yuki as well. Um, So... He came to us. He's got to go to a cardiologist, so a specialist. This little pup has like a cardiologist. A doggy cardiologist. Yes, ma'am. I love it. And so we found out that he has this heart defect. And basically what it is, is his valve, one of the valves in his heart, is um, not open fully. So it's his heart works really, really, really hard. To well, that happens blood. in people, too. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where I think of it normally. Right. You yes. hear, but I have not heard about it with dogs. Well, purebreds in particular and some of these smaller breeds, these toy breeds, um, unfortunately, are particularly prone to this. Uh, so he, yeah, so he has this valve that's not fully open. His heart works really, really hard to pump blood to his lungs. And what they're going to work to do is actually, um, I think it's laparoscopically, it's very minimally invasive. They're going to try to put a balloon through one of his um, veins and get it into his heart wow. and use this balloon, then inflate it at the... Um, at the valve and open it up. So almost like what we see with people mm-hmm. who have stents or things right. like that in humans. Okay. Yes. And he looks so happy and he <laughs> looks so healthy. And hopefully you're looking at him on our Facebook pages. Nicole, you talk about the dog that you're holding because you talk about a sweetheart. Oh, Yugi. A so she is about a 12-week-old Pomeranian. She um, was given up by a puppy miller um, at a hospital north in Northern Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how Speak came to know her. Um, while she was at the hospital, she actually, they found out that she had a pretty severe heart murmur as well. Um, just like Kingsley, uh, we did take her to a cardiologist as well. Um, and we found out that she actually has two 
congenital defects. Oh, really? So one being the pulmonic stenosis, which is what Kingsley has. That's where the valve doesn't open appropriately. The other one is called an ASD or atrial septal defect. So basically she has a big hole in the top of her heart between her top two chambers. So blood is flowing back and forth, oxygenated blood and deoxygenated blood, and all that's getting mixed into her heart. And let me guess, this is also an expensive thing to be able to go in and fix surgically. Exactly. So the only way that we can fix her heart is by um, human-grade technology. So they don't even make a doggy patch, I guess is what you would call it, um, for this surgery. So the cardiologist actually cuts down the patch to size um, and because of her size, she's only four pounds. It's not ideal. No, and she's and she's well, blind on top. That's of what that. I was going to say. Looking at her, you can tell right away she right. doesn't have eyes. Exactly. So is that one of the reasons that when when people are breeding dogs or they come across different puppies, they dump them or get rid of them because they're not the perfect puppy? Unfortunately, that's the case. Um, especially <sighs> with Yuki, she wouldn't make money um, for the puppy miller. So that's so sad to me. I hate. To hear that. It is. When you know there's so many pet owners out there who have animals, who have problems, that would do anything they possibly could with for their animals. You know, that just, it's, it's heartbreaking. When both of these get fixed, get their surgeries, can they live long, happy lives? That's what our hope is. Um, we're really going to have to see after both the surgeries. Um, Kingsley's is actually going to be on Friday. So we're going to have to see. They have a really good prognosis. He does right now. Um, and they're hoping that they can really open up that valve. But they're going to have to see during the surgery. And that will also determine if he's going to need medication for the rest of his life or not. Who's paying for it, though? You said this is an extremely expensive surgery. Who's yeah. paying for Kingsley's surgery on Friday? So Speak for the Unspoken is probably one of the most incredible organizations I've ever even heard of or worked with. Not many rescues have the ability and the community outreach to never deny a dog any kind of service just because of the medical costs. So we will all, we agreed to take these puppies and, and pay for it. And truthfully, we didn't know how expensive these surgeries were going to be or that Yuki was going to need two surgeries. And we just agreed to take them, and we're going to fundraise as much as we need to, however we need to, however long we need to, until both dogs get a chance at life and, and pay for their surgeries. Well, why don't you make a plea to our listeners? Because we have such compassionate Central Ohio people that really jump to the occasion to help, especially when it comes to animals and dogs, really. So what would you want to say to listeners if they could donate to speak or I'm, I take it these two are going to need homes after their surgeries. Right. Um, I really, really implore people to check out our organization. Go to speakfortheunspoken.com. Go to our Facebook page. You're not only going to see these adorable dogs. So again, so people who are thinking, I can't get a purebred dog from a rescue or shelter. You absolutely can. Actually, 25% of dogs that end up in shelters and rescues are purebreds. So wow, you can get that. statistic. Mm -hmm. You can get that. Um, and so Speak for the Unspoken not only takes in dogs like this, we take in quote-unquote normal dogs. We take in, we really specialize in dogs with other kind of disabilities like visual impairments, dogs who are deaf. Um, they're, uh, especially Australian Shepherds, are typically pretty uh, poorly bred. And so they can end up being called what's double merle. And so then they can end up being prone to being blind and deaf. And so again, breeders find them to be not very profitable and they will just toss them. That's actually how I found out about Speak. Um, the Yuki's actual foster mom, Molly is an incredible foster mom. She had this dog uh, that was this puppy, blind and deaf in Kentucky, that we believe wasn't profitable to this breeder. 
and was put in two trash bags, put in um, with a couple rocks and bricks, is my understanding, uh, and thrown into a frozen creek, left to die. See, those are the stories that I cannot stand to hear. Mm -hmm. Those are the stories that pull at my heartstrings mm -hmm. because I'm such an animal lover, especially a dog lover. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. And with, yeah. if you're listening to this interview right now, you can do something about that. Mm -hmm. You, my friends, are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. So why not help a dog that really, really needs some extra care? Because you know what? You're going to give this dog an incredible life and you're going to make such a difference. Both of them are adorable. And I, you know, I had a dog that was 21 years old, Nick. Wow. And he was, well, I have, I've, that was my fourth dog. We had four dogs in the house, but Nick was mostly blind and deaf mm -hmm. and they can go on and live very happy lives. Comfortable lives. Seeing, comfortable lives, right, Michaela? Yeah. Without being able to see, without being able to hear. And he once had those. He had mm -hmm. his vision. He could hear, but through age, he lost it. He was still a very, very happy dog. So I know personally, you can be a great owner to a blind dog, to a deaf dog, to a they, dog that needs just a little extra care. They are fantastic dogs, and they don't know that they have any kind of impairment. Right. They have no idea. Right. They just want to be loved. They want a chance at life. And that's what I hope people out there, if you have a dog, if you have any kind of cat, and you wish that you know somebody would have given your animal a chance if they were in the same kind of situation, whether you got five bucks or anything, it all makes a difference because... Yuki especially is going to need a lot of a lot of care going forward. We're, I think she's got maybe about six months before we can even try to attempt to get surgery on her because she's so small. Look at Yuki and over there. I wanted to show. There we go. There's Kingsley, the Facebook page. Kingsley is Kingsley again on Yuki. Friday. Yeah. Kingsley. And so and Yuki needs some care, and it's going to be about six months, so they really can get in there and do what they need to do. Yeah. We kind of want to see how big she's going to get mm -hmm. first to she's see. Only twelve weeks old. We want to see. If she'll withstand the so, well, Nicole, so, Nicole, one more time, just so people know how to get a hold of you again, just repeat where people can find you. Sure. You can go to our website, um, speakfortheunspoken.com. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have a Facebook page. Um, just speak for the end. Oh, there's a big yawn right there, right on Facebook Live. Well, thank you so much for coming in and joining us today and bringing these two. They are adorable. And I think, Mindy, the message has gone through to somebody out there that they are prime and ready to help these two dogs. If you are listening to the radio and you don't have access to Facebook yet, we are going to share this. So it will live forever. And hopefully after this segment, you guys will get a list of people who are willing to take a chance on these two adorable dogs because they're so well-behaved, are they not, Michaela? They are. They, they really have settled into the studio now. I mean, and this one, Kingsley, like, was all over the place at first. <laughs> yeah, but look. we got in, but no, she's great now. So, fantastic. Well, thank you again, ladies, for coming in. We enjoy having Speak for the Unspoken in. And thank Lindsay, you, you can catch Lindsay on Spectrum. <laughs> she's an anchor on Spectrum News. Yes, yeah, so Spectrum News 1, if you're a Spectrum customer, we're on Channel 1. Your news 24 hours a day, your weather 24 hours a day is well and what's great is we also feature speak for the unspoken every saturday so that Perfect. we're always featuring an adoptable dog but we have plenty of dogs that need a home and plenty of reasons to donate and if you visit our website speakfortheunspoken.com we give a number of different ways you can donate so it doesn't have to be a direct deposit mm -hmm. uh paypal it can be through your amazon prime it can be shopping at kroger there are a bunch of different ways you can help us well love that you're so well spoken and passionate about this yep. for them it's great they have a champion and you and nicole thank you for coming in and also being a champion for them as well Oh, you guys were great. Yep, I hope we do some good here. So thanks for all you're doing for animals.
Thank, so, thank so, you for having us um, on. I really appreciate of it. Of course, of course. Come back anytime. Yep. We'll have you back. That's for sure. You got to bring cuter dog. That may be a little hard to do. <laughs> that, that might be hard, hard to do. do. <laughs> so is the welcome wagon in your neighborhood gone? Welcome wagon? Yeah. What's that? You know the folks that welcome you to your I neighborhood? I know. I'm being sarcastic. It's, you, it's gone. You don't, you don't see great neighborly neighbors anymore, or do you? We're going to have that conversation when we come back. We'd love for you to call in and tell us what you are experiencing in your neighborhood. 614-821-WTVN. 614-821-9886. That segment is coming up next here on What Matters. So, love thy neighbor. Unfortunately, it's not so anymore. You know, if you look outside, if you were to be honest with yourself right now, how many of you really know a dozen of your neighbors? First names, last name, how many kids they have. Do you know your neighbors? You know, I was really good about this about five, six years ago. And when we moved in in 2008 to our neighborhood, Mindy, but I have to say, I have not been as great about it in the last two years. We've had a lot of switches and changes. Well, you're not alone. In fact, we're reading an article. Only about 20% of Americans spend time regularly with the people living next to them. A third say... A third say they've never interacted with their neighbors. And that is a significant, a significant decline from four decades ago when a third of Americans hung out with their neighbors at least twice a week. You know what a big difference it is in their sighting? And again, it goes back to phones. Right now, people don't have to go out and talk to one another face to face. Oh, they feel like they don't need to. Because they text them. They interchange with them through social media. So they don't have to go and face-to-face get to know your neighbors. That is very, very sad to me. But if I don't even know your name and when it's, you know, and I used to be the person that took the cookies over, took the brownies over, but I have a new neighbor on our left side that I'm, I don't know them. They moved in when it was cold. That was my excuse at the time. Then life just got busy. It is wrong. I'm the person who championed this and I'm starting to kind of slide into what everybody else is doing. Why is that? You know, they were I don't talking, know their names to find them on social media. Yeah, and that's sad, too. They were talking about the Great Depression. And back in the day, people felt a need to connect with one another, to kind of encourage each other, because they were going through hard times. And now they don't rely on each other. They rely on social media to lift each other up. And that, again, I just think that's wrong. I think it's a very... Um, difficult place to live in when you really don't know your neighbor. We're fortunate enough that we play bunco with our neighborhood women. There's 12 months a month and we exchange houses. We have it at our house once a year because there's 12 of us. And that's a great way to connect and just talk about life with 12 good neighbors. But have you had people move in in the last couple of years that you don't know in your neighborhood? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. I can look around different houses and I don't know. I don't know these people. We just had someone move in across the street. So Randy and I made it a point to go across the street, introduce ourselves. If you need anything, call the neighbor next door. No, <laughs> don't call um, us. Yeah, exactly. But the reason why I thought about this and I wanted to talk about this because my mom has a neighbor and his name is Bob. And I told him we were going to talk about him today. He's like, oh, Mindy, don't. You'll embarrass me. I, I'm like, I'm just going to say Bob. I'll just say Bob. And that is his real name. But I don't want to give his last name because he doesn't want me to. But he knows 
everyone in the neighborhood. He knows the male person's name. He knows everything about everyone. And we need those neighbors. I feel better that my mom lives next door to Bob because he's looking out for her. He is. I completely could get that. Is Bob retired? Does he have more time to be able to interact within the neighborhood? Retired but working part-time. Okay. So he, has, so he has a little time where he's able to... I don't know. I think retired and working part-time is ideal, by the way, I for do too. a retired person. But he has a little bit of time to be able to check in on folks and have those leisurely conversations. So what do you guys think? Do you remember the welcome wagon? What was? Think of this listening right now. Think of back when you were a kid. Compare that neighborhood and those neighbors to your neighbors now. 614-821-WTVN. 614-821-9886 if you would like to chime in on this. Growing up personally, we had the best neighbors. I loved our neighborhood. It was Hillcrest in Westerville. And we all played together every night. If it was Ghost in the Graveyard, if it was oh, Kick Can, if it was Kickball or Wiffle Ball, whatever. We were out there as a community and as a neighborhood playing. My parents would have different, I would say, bridge or different card games yep. with their parents. You know, with different bridge with neighborhood folks. So yeah. where does that go? Do you do that? Do you have bridge? Do you have get-togethers with your neighbors? We, the ones that I still do know, which there are a few families that I do who haven't moved out, yes. But the newer families, we don't know as well. I will completely admit that. The newer families in the neighborhood, we don't know as well. And sometimes it's not for a lack of trying because I have tried. Sometimes people and some personalities just are kind of quiet and kind of keep to themselves. I think we have some introverts and I think it's easier to be introverted now because of our cell phones and everything else. Um, I actually got pretty upset about it last year. And I went to our homeowners association because I was sick of people not knowing each other. And there's this... You go, Michaela. What did you do? I was like, Michaela goes to City Hall or the HOA. We're going to write the book. Um, so <laughs> there is a book called The Turquoise Table. And there is a woman down in Texas who didn't like the fact that no one was really inviting each other into their homes in a neighborhood anymore. And a lot of it had to do because homes aren't necessarily always spick and span, clean and ready for guests. Amen to that. Right? So she painted a turquoise table and she put a picnic table and put it in her front yard and took a basket out. Some days with lemonade, some days with coffee. Sometimes she had books in it and she would sit there and wait for neighbors to come by that she would get to know them that way. It's a great book. You can get it on Audible. It's a really quick read. What's the name listen. of it again? The Turquoise Table. And so our HOA had some folks from Hilliard City Schools build a picnic table over the winter after I went to them at this meeting last fall. And the Turquoise Table should be rolling out. I haven't even told my neighbors about Oh my about gosh, Michaela, that's great. So the Turquoise Table will be rolling out sometime in the course of the next couple of weeks to be painted. Aren't now, you proud of yourself and what you just achieved? I am. Now, I'm not sure if they want to paint it turquoise because of an HOA situation. I think they want to paint oh. it like beige. And I'm like, hey, those homeowners associations, sometimes they go overboard. They do, but I still want the purpose of the table to be there, right? Yeah. And so it will yeah. go, and it can't go in my front yard. It'll go by the pond that's right outside my house. Well, I think that's outstanding. You, my friend, deserve a pat on the back for that Gold because star. we all need to know our neighbors. We just have to take the effort to get to know our neighbors. It's better for our kids. You know, it takes a community, and we have to be part of that community if we want to all grow up together or have our kids grow up together. Did you ever do the progressive dinners? You know, I always heard about those. My sister in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, she just is moving in the next couple of days to Atlanta. They did the progressive dinners. Oh, Bob is on the line. Bob, is this my mom's neighbor, Bob? This is the one and only Bob. <laughs> oh, you told me you weren't going to call in because you were too bashful. 
Well, yeah, you talked me into it. Hey, I just want to say a couple of things. One, hey, God has blessed me with good neighbors. And two, to all the people listening to uh, Mindy out there. Um, and Michaela. Uh, and Michaela, especially <laughs> Mindy, I'm really not, I'm, I'm just Bob. I'm not a superstar wearing a uh, cape or anything. I'm just Bob. And we do have a terrific neighborhood. But it's those little things, Bob, that make you the hero in your neighborhood. And everybody has, everybody should have a Bob in their neighborhood. It's why you're so special to those in Carm's neighborhood. And in Bob's neighborhood. And in Bob's neighborhood as well. Bob, but why is it so important to you to know everybody's name? You know so many things about everybody, the mailman's name, everything. Why is that so important to you? Gosh, I don't know. I just, I just love my neighbors. Um... I just love everybody in my neighborhood. I walk my dog around the block, and everybody's so friendly and waves and smiles, and we just all stop and talk and uh, share stories of uh, what's going on in our lives. Yeah, we need more Bobs we in our do. neighborhoods. Hopefully folks can learn from you, Bob. Thank you so much for calling in. You bet. You have a great day. You, you too, too, Bob. We'll be over at my mom's later today, so I'll go out and, and thank him for calling. I did not think he was going to call in. I love it. So we're, we're, I guess we're kind of challenging you. Be the Bob in your neighborhood. Be the Bob. What about Bob? Did you ever see that movie, I What did, About Bob? I do remember What About so Bob. We, good, Michaela. We are going to challenge you, the listener. You be the Bob. We're going to have a Be the Bob segment. Be the Bob. Call in and tell us you're being the Bob. Yeah. Next weekend, next Sunday, tell us what you did that was Be the Bob. What did you do in your neighborhood? We're going to have to go and be the Bob ourselves. We Michaela. are. Well, I, I'm working on it right now. Now I'm going to challenge you yep. to do it in your neighborhood. Coming up next, we are talking Pelotonia. It is coming up soon. Are you riding in it? Are you riding for someone? I think you'll be impressed with what this has done when it comes to cancer research. Truly. And even if you aren't able to ride, how can you support? We're going to learn all about it from the CEO, Doug Ullman. He's in studio with us next on What Matters. The YMCA of Central Ohio presents the What Matters Show with Mindy and Michaela. Real talk about real life and what's important to you and your family. Brought to you by Beecher Crossing Dental. Here's Mindy Trayer and Michaela Hunt with What Matters. It is truly one of the biggest events. And when I say an event, it's like a three-day event. We're talking about Pelotonia. Some people say Pelotonia. Some people say Pelotonia. The correct way is what, Doug Ullman, CEO? Well, it, it, the correct way is Pelotonia. Yeah. But we don't discriminate. So <laughs> any way you say it, any way you support it, we're happy. We're so excited to have Doug in studio with, with us today. Yes, CEO of Pelotonia. And what do we got, like 50-some days to go until this race? We, we do, and uh, things are a bit hectic right now, but this is the exciting time when the weather's great and you see people out training and communities bonding. And so it's exciting. The last two months are always uh, energizing. What people may not know was for 14 years, you worked for Livestrong. You were the CEO of Livestrong for eight years. And then you were kind of coerced to come here to Columbus, Ohio, and become the CEO of Pelotonia. Why? What was the deciding factor that brought you here? You know, it's a great question. I was here actually for the first Pelotonia as a spectator. And I knew about what was going on here. And I had followed the success, which was pretty remarkable for for an organization that was so young. And the characteristics that really built Pelotonia early on led us here. The community engagement, the, the corporate support that allows 100% of every dollar to go directly to research at the James and at Ohio State. I mean, some of these intangible things that were so clear to us when we considered the opportunity. And for our family, we just wanted to be a part of a community that cares about 
improving the lives of everybody in the community. And that's what Pelotonia is an example of here in Columbus. So Mindy and I were talking about this before the show, Doug. Pelotonia is only in Columbus, Ohio. But have other people wanted you to take it to other cities? And how do you guys feel about that? I mean, you've been so wildly successful in this community. Yeah, we, well, first of all, I, I think Pelotonia could only be as successful as it has been here in Columbus. Why do you say that? This community, and and you all know better than me, but this community has been so generous across so many organizations and so many causes. And so if you think about it, you know, we have the largest Ronald McDonald House in the country. We have the largest children's research hospital in the country. We have things like COSI and, you know, so many cultural amenities and nonprofit organizations. And that's a result of decades and decades of engagement and giving. And that's what's really sort of allowed Pelotonia to grow and prosper in just 10 years. And so when other cities call and other institutions call, we tell them exactly how we do it. We say, look, we're happy to share because if you can do this in your community and you can raise money for cancer research or any other cause, that's good for the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And rarely have we seen those same characteristics in other places. And so things have worked pretty well in certain cities, but in some cases they haven't felt... Um, that collaboration or that partnership between all the entities involved like we have here. Well, I think people could say the same thing about you because when you have a CEO that's so invested and passionate about something, you have quite a recipe for for success. You are a three-time cancer survivor. Pelotonia means a lot to you. Yeah, it's very personal. And, you know, each of us has our own story, right? And, And that's one of the um, blessings and the curses of Pelotonia is that cancer is so pervasive and we all have been touched in some way. And so um, on the one hand, that's terrible. On the other hand, it really mobilizes people because people feel in some circumstances, you feel helpless when somebody you know or love is diagnosed. And so the goal of Pelotonia is to allow people to participate in whatever way they want, but to be a part of something bigger and to achieve something that none of us can do on our own. And I think that's the essence of it. We can achieve things together that none of us can do on our own. From year to year, given you know how cancer is unfortunately a part of so many of our lives, from year to year, do you see the same people riding and then you add some more? What does that look like with your participants? Great question. You know, we have benefited tremendously from the growth of Columbus. So if you think about the last decade and what's going on in this community, it's pretty remarkable. And so that's inured to our benefit. Um, we have hundreds of 10-year riders. We have probably hundreds more that are nine-year riders, a thousand that are seven or eight-year riders. Um, And so people tend to stay engaged. However, we also deal with the fact that the event takes place in early August, which is vacation time, kids at camp, Mm -hmm. wedding time. So, you know, we have a lot of people who miss a year who come back, but if they miss riding, they still contribute or they buy merchandise or they support a friend who's participating. And so the, the family so to speak, of Pelotonia continues to grow and grow and grow. And it's, it's really humbling to watch. We want to open up the phone lines for any of you listening. If you have a question for Doug or about Pelotonia this year, if the routes are the same, how many writers are you looking for? If you want to become a virtual writer, if you have any questions about Pel- Pelotonia, 614-821-WTVN, 614-821-9886 is the number to call. Have you just been amazed by the number of writers, how this has grown through the years? Because it is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, a lot of people are intimidated 
intimidated by cycling if you aren't oh, used yeah. to it or haven't done it And before. some of the routes are difficult. Yeah, there are some challenging routes, but there's something for everybody. You can ride 25 miles, you can ride 200 miles, and anywhere in between. I like to tell people that the vast majority of riders who ride in Pelotonia were not cyclists before they started to get involved in Pelotonia. Now, they may have become exercise enthusiasts or, or, or fanatic cyclists through that process, but most people who raise their hand and say, I want to ride, are not doing it because they love spandex or they, you know, or <laughs> they love doing it for that. Bike. Right. And so it's, <laughs> really, it's really meant to engage the community. And, and it's pretty remarkable. I always tell people one of the best things about Pelotonia Weekend is actually being at any of the finish lines to see the people who finish last. Because yeah. their stories are so powerful and they just achieved something that maybe they thought was not possible. And they, they usually have such a personal reason for that participation. And frankly, nobody cares who finishes first because the person that finishes first gets the same thing as the person that finishes last. Correct. The same gifts, the same food, the oh, same I'd kind of care, but that's that competitive <laughs> That's the competitive spirit in Bindi. But everybody wins with the way this is set up for fundraising. Now, I know... I saw this, and I'm curious what this is and how, why you guys did this. I, I'm going to guess I might know, but I want to hear you talk about it. Peloton is going to be offering a two-day ride option for the first time in 2019 without housing. So, so are people camping? Like, tell me, what is well, this? Well, no, it's a great question. So we've always had the two-day option where people stay overnight. First, The first few years was down at OU, and mm -hmm. now it's at Kenyon College. Yeah. Um, this year, we added, or last year, we added a Sunday ride that's 35 miles, and it starts in Granville, and it goes from Granville to New Albany. It's a beautiful ride. It's really manageable in terms of the distance. Um, and we had a lot of people who wanted to ride two days but didn't want to ride 180 miles or 200 miles. And so now you can ride whatever distance you'd like on Saturday, and then you can do the 35 on Sunday. Uh, but we don't provide housing in Granville, so you have to get yourself out to the start line uh, on Sunday morning. But it's been Got a great, it. great option, especially for people who might want to ride with their kids on Sunday or maybe one spouse or partner rides on Saturday and the other wants to ride on you Sunday. You can split it up. Correct. Okay. So our goal is always the more options, the better to, to allow people to participate in whatever way they might, they might choose. So you're taking people registry. You're taking their registrations now. People can register now. What's the one thing you would ask for people or tell them to get them to register and then let people know how they can register? Yeah, Why do this if you've never done this before? I think the one thing I would say is that if you're looking at this through the lens of it being a bike ride, you're not seeing the totality of the experience. We have so many people who participate for the first time and they say, oh my gosh, I can't believe how emotional that weekend was and how uplifting and how the community sort of rallies. And so um, to me, that's the, that's the lens to look at it through. Um, if you wanna participate, you can go to pelotonia.org. You can sign up to ride. You can be a virtual rider, which includes no riding, no spandex. There you, you go, but, Michaela. But, but you raise $100. Sign her up. Need to do. Or at least that's um, what I need to do. But you raise $100. And, and the other thing I would say is, you know, we need 3,000 volunteers. Oh. And they make the weekend what it is. How they many do you have so right now? I, I don't know the exact number, but last year we had 3,200 volunteers. Oh. And, and so if you're sort of wanting to dip your toe in the water, sign up to volunteer and come see what it's about. And a lot of times that will lead people to ride. Um, and, you know, the other thing I'd say, we're also benefiting from the fact that, you know, there's a lot of talk in the world right now about sedentary lifestyle, right? Yes. You, you see people say that, you know, sitting is the new smoking, et cetera, all these things. And so just getting outside and being active 
and participating in some form or fashion is a really positive thing for the individual, much less the benefit that they are creating for cancer research and people who will be diagnosed in the future. And Mindy, maybe this brings our neighborhoods back. Just what we were just talking about. It all kind of coincides, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. It all does coincide. Last year, I was very honored to emcee your opening ceremonies downtown. And just to see the swarm of people, everybody really is excited to take part in this. I know my brother-in-law, Rick Cordacrax, rides every year in honor of my other brother-in-law who passed away to leukemia. But you're right. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody rides for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why this year... Our arrow campaign is called What's Your Arrow? And we've asked the community to design their own arrows. And we've received hundreds, if not thousands of them, and each with a specific story. You know, we had a nine-year-old who sent in this amazing arrow, and it was designed through the lens of all the people that in her life who've had cancer. We had others who submitted arrows that had fingerprints on them. And each fingerprint was somebody in their family who had been touched by the disease. Wow. And so we want this to be owned by the community. This isn't about the people that work at the organization or, or some entity. It's, you know, we're stewards of this, but it's the community that owns and, and breathes this every day. And just looking at Doug, you are living proof that you can fight cancer and that you can win. You can win this battle on cancer. You've been a cancer survivor for how many years? Oh, wow. So we're coming up on... Uh, 22 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we got to clap for that. Isn't that awesome? See? So when you're diagnosed with cancer, it is no longer a death sentence because of events like Pelotonia. And I know Michaela threw the number out there earlier. How much money has Pelotonia brought in through the years? Yeah. So here today, we've raised $187 million. And when I say we, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean hundreds of thousands of people from all around the world, from all 50 states who've contributed. And the results of that have been transformational. I mean, they are, I, I don't say this lightly. There are people all around the world who woke up this morning and may have taken a pill with virtually no side effects that was developed here at Ohio State wow. that cures certain types of leukemia as one example. That wouldn't have happened if thousands of people in this community didn't raise their hand, ride their bike, contribute, volunteer, and so it's happening every day, and our goal is that every single person diagnosed in the future would have access to state-of-the-art therapy that improves or saves their life. And with $3.6 million already in 2019 raised for this upcoming event, that's I, we can just so much do so much more good, Doug, um, as people continue to register. Again, what is the web address? What's the website so people can go and check sure, everything out? Sure, so you can go to www p-e-l-o-t-o-n-i-a.org pelotonia.org you have all the information there or reach out to our office um, we'd just be honored to have people participate in any way shape or form that they choose I was so bummed out Michaela because I was going to ride for the first time this year Jane Groby Abel of Donato's asked me to be on their team they're powered by pepperoni and I'm like I'm in I'm going and then I found out I've got a really important wedding I have to go to that weekend just like Doug said listen, that happens listen I people know. come up to me all the time and they say you know I don't I don't ride and I say you don't ride yet yeah so, yeah, you know, yeah, there's so, still hope. Yeah. This is your wedding year. Next year, you've got to Next do it. Next year, I'm in. Doug, thank you so much. I know how busy you are, but to take time to come into our 610 WTVN studios to talk about Pelotonia and to talk about your cancer and what good this is doing across Columbus, thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we are going to talk about a really exciting thing that happened in another part of the city. Some boys who had a great run this year, Mindy. We're talking about a baseball game that lasted 13 innings, and they lost. 
But they, but there's so much good to oh, feel yeah. about awesome. this. So yep. we'll have awesome. that when we come back. News Radio for Columbus, 610 WTVN. So last Sunday, we gave a shout out to Jonathan Alder, their girls softball team, for winning the D2 state title. This weekend, we wanted to do the same thing because we thought Hilliard Darby was going to win. They were the only baseball team to make it to states and they are division one and they were this this close to winning it they played saint ignatius in the final four this game went into 13 innings you hate to see anybody lose when you play almost two games because a regular game is seven innings this lasted seven innings. St. Ignatius won four to three. And so what I love is Mindy wanted to do something kind of last minute on this. Because that's how I roll. Because that's how Mindy rolls. <laughs> but <laughs> Kelly is on the line with us. She's laughing <laughs> because Kelly's actually a friend of mine. Mindy, was it, the interview on her end wasn't working. I was like, well, wait, one of my girlfriends, her son pitched in that game. She's like, Mindy's like, what? So Kelly Marudiak joins us on the phone. Her son, Connor, was one of the pitchers in that game. What a game, Kelly. It sure was. What, what, did, what did she think when they kept going inning after inning after inning? You know, it's like when you're sitting there in the stands, your, your momentum and your energy is like, I can get through one more inning. I can just, and you just sat there and you prayed and you're like, the energy that you needed for that one inning. And then you're like, oh, another one. And then you're like, okay, I can do one more. And then you're praying over the kids and you're like, I, we can do this. And we had the last bat, so we were at the advantage. And so I kept saying, we have the last bat. And so each inning, I'm like looking at the scoreboard going, oh, my gosh, it's really real. It is going up into the 13th inning. It was crazy. And watching your son pitch the first four innings, I know firsthand, I've always said <laughs> one of the hardest things to do is to be a pitcher's mom because you live and breathe and die on every single pitch. Absolutely. You know, I mean, what I've watched over this year with this team is the defense is rock on and that's when you're a pitcher and you can really mm -hmm. rely on the defense it does take a lot of stress out and then you also have good coaches that know okay i know this child it's we had so many ace pitchers that we had the ability to rotate so honestly it released a lot of stress for me i was just like trying to make sure that my son can stay focused yeah. and stay in the game but well, absolutely were the boys okay i'm sure it's devastating to end up losing after 13 innings but they're going to look back on this they made history it's the first time in ohio high school history that a state game went to 13 innings you know they did they walked off the field and i just my heart broke for each of them because they played so hard and uh, they have a team with a heart and that's what i loved about this team so they did they were kind of like somber for a while but then they were just they were encouraging each other and that's what i liked that's what i watched and i'm not sure if they got the depth of it at that moment but like you said as they look back they're going to be like oh my gosh what a game what a season what a ride oh, and yeah. you know matt, matt as i told my son i said i will never ever forget that game well kelly we are almost wrapping up the show thank you so much for calling in Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And congratulations. What a ride. She's right. What a ride. Good stories like that Saint really Ignatius make our week. Ended up winning. They, gave, they beat Mentor. So there they lost go. to the state champs. They did. So hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for spending some time with us and spent some time this week doing a little of What, what Matters. matters.